0: hey you're listening to naptime investigations a true crime podcast what we're about to discuss is likely disturbing and contains mature content with the use of adult language and the occasional mom joke listener discretion is advised you've tuned in on our favorite day of the month serial killer sunday we're your hosts i'm taylor and i'm amanda we're just a couple of internet mom friends who like to talk about true crime and conspiracies when we can get our kids to sleep So go ahead, sit back, relax, and get ready for a smooth listening experience about this month's serial killer. Missed you so much. I know. I feel like we haven't recorded in so long. It really hasn't been that long, but it definitely feels like that long. We're doing this last minute too, which is not super like us. So true. Not super like you. I'm a very last minute type of person. <laughs> oh my gosh, worst, I know. I've been so anxious about it too. So I'm excited. Um, yeah, I'm too. uh This is a big. So we're gonna talk about Robert Hansen today august it's fucking august man dude 118 degrees today ew i don't even go outside and it's not i even, haven't not been out- i have not been outside today i was like uh yeah like, have you gotta walk the dogs because i uh yeah. no dude i don't go outside and it's only like 100 here no thank you let's get into it get it too. So Robert Christian Hansen was born on February 15th, 1939 in Iowa. His parents uh, were Christian and Edna Hansen. His dad was an um, an Amish, a a Danish immigrant, Amish, an Amish immigrant, (laughs) Uh, and they owned a bakery. So his dad was a baker. And apparently he was super strict and made Robert... Apparently he went by Bob, but my dad's name is Bob. Shout out to you, Bob. Bob Tender. That's what we call Bob. him. Bob. You the one? Bob Tender. Because he makes all the drinks in the family. It's, Bob Tender. Isn't that funny? Shout <laughs> out to you, less. Dad, if you're listening. I hope you're still listening, because if not, I'm cutting you off. You're supposed to support me in my dreams. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. you out of my life. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to call him Robert okay. instead of Bob. <laughs> so... So apparently uh, Robert's dad made him work crazy hours and was super strict. You know, it was also, I mean, he was born in 39. So it was, it was back then. I feel like children had to work more, work for their food. Liter- I do Quite literally though. I think so. Yeah, I mean, that was like the end of the depression and stuff too. So Robert was a shy kid and he had a stutter he had really bad acne and actually even like scarred his face because it was so bad and kids are mean we all know the kids are they're so mean yeah and back then like i feel like they didn't have anything to do other than make fun of kids who were different right like like bullying still happens but like now kids can i definitely think it was more prominent definitely um, but, like, kids now can, like, connect on the internet and stuff, so, like, they have Hide behind a keyboard? Yeah. No, uh, not even, well, yes, but I was talking about, like, like, they can, like, you and I, we're internet friends. Oh, right. Connect with other people. hmm And I grew up in a small town, so, like, I could, um, it was really nice to have, have that outlet. So, not that, not that I was bullied. I was the Or Oh, my God. You were the bully? Yeah, that, that's the word I'm looking for. One time, some kid was making fun of my brother, and my brother was a little wussy and didn't stick up for himself, so I accidentally pushed him down a cement hill, and he had to get stitches on his face. Amanda! Oh, my God! I felt horrible. I felt horrible. Um, But, like, Homeboy is still scarred, like, to this day, and he won't even, like... So we have like, mutual friends, and he won't even be, like... He, like, is holding this grudge from, like, third i think it was like i would third too <laughs> oh my gosh, you've literally quite literally scarred me for the rest of my life i would definitely hold a grudge sorry nick i'm sorry sorry about it sorry about well that. i'm the only one that can make fun of my brother <laughs> <laughs> i still I, I did what i did yeah i mean i Robert and his dad had a, a strange relationship which i mean every kid did false really? i don't think every kid had a weird relationship with their dad Okay, maybe another dad. I hated every. My parents would like look at me, and I'd be like, "What?" <laughs> I book up to my mom. What Lori? I call them. By th- <laughs> I call them by their first name too. <laughs> that is so weird. I've never called my parents by their first name. What I call them by their first names, probably at least fifty percent of the time. I also okay. I'm gonna, okay, cuss I'm gonna them do that too. I, I cast my parents out 100. I was just gonna say, I don't. but I still do it by calling them like mom and dad. But <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I'm gonna next time I see my parents, I'm gonna call them. I'll be like, Bye. I don't know who you think you are, Lori. How do you even like? What do you even? So 90 percent of the time, it's not a disrespectful thing. Like it's just it's just their name. But if they piss me off, I'll be like, okay, Lori. Next time I see my parents, I'm going to call them by their first name and see what happens. They're probably going to be like, excuse the fuck out of me. My dad listens to us, so hey, Ben. (laughs) Hey, Ben. So, yeah, he had a hard life, you know. he he, Not a hard life in particular, but, like, he just wasn't having a good time. Probably, like, a one out of ten. He had scars, had a stutter,
1: didn't have a
0: great relationship with his dad. So he was bound to be royally fucked in life. Yeah. So, um, kids were really mean to him, and particularly girls in school. Ugh, girls are mean. He was really made fun of, and this started his hatred for attractive people. He, especially attractive females, he would, like, look at these popular girls who were super attractive and looked like they had it together, and he just hated them. And apparently at this point, his fantasies of cruel revenge started, right around this time, which it sounds like we're probably about in middle school, high school around this time. Um, He even went as far as saying he was tormented by these kids in school for his uncontrollable stutter, his scars on his face, and in addition to all of those horrible things, he was left-handed. And back then, being left-handed was not cool. It was like the Satan's hand. Satan's hand uh so he was made to write with his right hand oh my like, gosh yeah my grandmother was actually left-handed so no she was right-handed but she injured her right hand so she couldn't write with it and she went to catholic school and they tried to make her write with her right hand because that was like a sin but i'm care i curious. knew that was a thing mm-hmm. i don't know if he went to catholic school or anything i didn't see but either way i mean i'm not surprised so all of those things, just, it was not great. He was described as a loner, and he didn't date. And there was even this, like, long quote that he said about dating in high school, which I'm not gonna say verbatim, because, like, he talked really funny. Like, Please the way... Try it. Please try it. Recreate. I don't, I don't even think I have it. I, I didn't write it down. It was, like, therefore, and, like, he just was very wordy and weird ways. Um, but he pretty much was saying, like, he understood why girls didn't like him, or even Hi, it Boy. Oh, oh. Not taking it out. Not taking it out. Do it again, Cash. So, pretty much, he just was like, I, I understand why people didn't want to be around me and date me. Like, I had a stutter. I didn't look great, you know. I'm obviously parapra- praising paraphrasing because he like he spoke weird and he said so forth like six times in one sentence it was oh my odd. god it was during his adolescence he started hunting and became very interested in archery and that's pretty much all i could find on his adolescence and his childhood so we're gonna move forward to 1960 so he would have been about what 21 at this time so he this was about two years after he graduated high school or so he was married in mid-1960 i couldn't find anything about his first wife so he did get married again spoiler he gets divorced but i couldn't find anything about this wife nothing personal not even like her name um but i did read the only thing i could find was that her family was unhappy with her getting married one at such a young age and two to robert And in December, I think it was December, uh, yeah, December 7th, 1960, he was arrested for burning down the county's Board of Education school bus garage. Apparently, one of the employees at the bakery did it with him. So it was one of his accomplices. He was 16 years old. And come to find out, Robert actually made him do it. He felt like he was getting back at the town that made his life hell, having a rough childhood and whatnot. The person he did this with, his accomplice, actually had a conscious, 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 conscious. Conscience? Conscience. Had a conscience. Conscious. It's midnight. Leave me alone. I'm (laughs) tired. They felt guilty. They were a good person. So the 16-year-old little boy felt guilty, so he turned himself in along with Robert. And Robert's original sentence was three years, but he was paroled after about two years. It was like 20 months or so. So almost two years. While in prison... While in prison? While in prison, Robert was diagnosed with bipolar disorder, with periodic schizophrenic episodes. He also was apparently diagnosed with infantile personality. So he's a man baby? Yeah. Yeah he obsessed over taking revenge like a child would and he had childlike hysteria so he threw fits pretty much temper tantrums he wanted a very like he wanted very horrible things for the people he thought that did him wrong they noted that he was very clingy and had volatile emotions so not great emotional intelligence Hanson's wife during this time filed for divorce when he was still in jail though before he got released Uh, they were only married for like I think six months or something and that was at the beginning of him being incarcerated in 1963 Robert actually was remarried and that was only a few months after he was released from jail so literally he got divorced in jail got out and got married again who's marrying these people um her name was Darla Darla was marrying these people so, Darla Marie and Robert got married, and they had two babies. Couldn't really find anything about the children, which, come to find out, I'm not super shocked. We'll, we'll talk about it later, but he didn't want much publicity. I mean, I probably want the same. Yeah, definitely. It's reported that Robert was, at minimum, verbally abusive to his wife and children, and some people believe that he was physically abusive as well. So around this time, Robert started stealing things for fun or the thrill of it. He was actually caught a handful of times, but no charges were ever brought against him. In 1967, the Hansons moved to Anchorage, Alaska, packed the kids and the wife up and decided to go take on the the Alaskan wilderness. Is it called like the upper one? Because like the lower 48 is like the other states. Like, is it? Is that a thing? the lower 48. So the lower 48 is like the like all the other states other than Hawaii but is Alaska like the upper one? Yeah we're gonna go with the the upper one. (laughs) I don't know. It was reported that he was very well liked in Alaska and he was known for breaking some hunting records. We talked about how he got really into archery as a child and he apparently was great at hunting. 1969, 1970, and 1971 Robert actually had four animals entered into the Pope and Young record book. So he was decent at hunting. I don't know anything about hunting, but I if you're in a record book, I I'm I'm picturing Ripley's Believe It or Not but for Alaska and dead animals. <laughs> Are you picturing it? Like with the unfortunately <laughs> like the like the book the cover is like raised like a yeah, but with Robert Hansen's face. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, side note, why do we have such a big listening in Switzerland? I was gonna talk to you about how I think one of my next cases I want to do in Switzerland because, like, we have people listening in Switzerland. Because, like, like hi! Yeah. How, how y'all doing? Do y'all say that there? What do you say in Switzerland? I'm gonna, I'm gonna how to say hi in S- I'm sure that they just say hi, Amanda. Do they speak English? I no, they do not speak. Uh, that's not their n- native language. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people there do speak English. I'm not even gonna attempt it. I, nope. I, <clears throat> nope, nope, no, nope, no. Nope. They might say hoy. <laughs> I could hoy. do that one. Hoy. hoy. If it's if it's not, I'm sorry, Switzerland. But hoy. So 1971, Robert had a bakery. And he just started it because that was what he knew. And in 1971, he actually followed one of his customers home from the bakery. Stalking. That is stalking, just to be clear. That is absolutely stalking. Stalked a customer. Everywhere I read it, it was like he followed someone home. He stalked someone to their home. He stalked someone, for sure. Let's call it what it is. And said, excuse me, ma'am, would you like to go on a date with me? And she was like, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Bro. Like, absolutely not. Lurked and crept up on her and. Like, snug up from behind. Yeah. Freak. And so, apparently, at the time being, he was like, okay, sure. And just like, he took it with grace. He was like, okay, cool. No hard feelings. However, so a week later, he returned with a gun and attempted to kidnap the woman. He was actually arrested during the attempted kidnap and re- released on bail the same day but excuse me i wonder what you got at the bakery not that that's like the important part but like what would you get at like, a bakery cookies for sure i mean i'd take anything i wouldn't i'm not gonna say no to anything <laughs> yeah, just, at a bakery let's be honest if i'm walking by a bakery i am likely going in i am smelling the air and walking inside <laughs> and asking for free samples. Can I get samples of an entire loaf of bread please? Thank you. At this time is when things started coming up about Robert. There were multiple sex workers that said he abducted them, raped, tortured them for days, and some he would let go after taking personal information like their family members' addresses and contact information. Stop. So, not long after this incident with the customer from the bakery, a sex worker went to the cops and told them that Robert Hansen, literally, they said, the baker, remember, this is Alaska in the 70s. Smaller town, right? Everybody knows everybody. Robert Hansen abducted me, raped me, and tortured me. And they were like, well, okay, I'm also going to use sex worker because that is the appropriate term. And, um... Back then, they used, like, prostitute, hooker, whatever. But I, I do want to say, like, we are going to call them sex workers. Right. So she went to the cops and said, like, this is what happened. He brought me to a hotel. He held me here. He raped her, etc. So they picked Robert Hansen up and started interviewing him. And he was very open. Like, he was, like, yeah. So it reminds me of Robert Rhodes. Yeah. To sound super cliche, but everywhere I read was like, cops loved him, they always went to his bakery, and I was like, Ugh. White privilege. All right. White male privilege. <laughs> so, they started interview. so like, Robert was like, yeah, I'll come in for an interview, like, Jim, I, I don't know his name, but I imagine it- there was a Jim there. They thought they were friends. Probably a John. Yeah. So during the actual interview, Taylor, are you ready? Are you ready for this? No. During the interview, they were like, "Hey, we have a writing sample from the hotel that you signed into. Take out your wallet and we want to see writing samples because obviously he didn't use his real name. It didn't say like Robert Hansen. I don't know what alias he used. When he was taking out his wallet to get a handwriting sample, a piece of paper falls out that has the information of the sex workers father on it. The address. Shut up. The phone number. In his handwriting. In his handwriting. In his wallet. It literally was like blah blah blah's father. Name. Address. Number. But. They still let this motherfucker go. But one of the cops in the room got spooked and super worried that they might need a search warrant. So they let him go. Instead of getting a search warrant. they're like "Ah, we should probably do something about this so like you should leave yeah yeah we can't do this you can't so he got off a lot of times for a lot of things so in 1972 hansen was convicted of assault he went to jail for six months and he was able to complete his sentence on work release 1973 he assaulted a sex worker who was also a teacher in the lower Forty Eight. But she had a side hustle of being a sex worker. She, she was a topless dancer, so she was a stripper. And he was able to get off on charges. was like, hey, Robert Hansen, he raped me. He tortured me. He let me go. And so she went to the cops and said, this is what happened. Robert Hansen did this. And the DA said, okay, we can arrest him. Are you willing to testify? And she said... I will testify, but I need a mediator. I am a teacher in the lower 48 and I cannot lose my job for being a sex worker. Sure. And the Alaskan DA, whoever they were, was a twat waffle and said, no, you have to do it as yourself or you don't do it at all. So shitty. You know, I'm not surprised though. I mean, even now, sex workers aren't taken seriously. So he was let go on that again. In 1976, Robert Hansen pled guilty to larceny for stealing a chainsaw from a department store in Alaska, in Anchorage, Alaska, and he was sentenced to five years and was court mandated to get treatment for his bipolar disorder that he was diagnosed with when he originally went to jail when he was 21. He was actually stealing this chainsaw to give to his father for Christmas. Yeah, right. So he didn't. He didn't use chainsaws. No, but I mean, who's to say he wouldn't have? Right. Exactly. Okay. Like, I know this is fast forwarding and whatnot, but like, Homeboy had a plane. Like, I feel like if he had a plane, he could have gotten chainsaw. (laughs) (laughs) Why are we stealing chainsaws? So he he was like he loved stealing just for like just to do it. Oh my god, that's scary. Yeah. He was sentenced and released by the Alaskan Supreme Court. And he actually only served 16 months of his five-year sentence. Was it five years? Yeah, five years. So he said he just wanted to see if he could get away with it and maybe get a dope Christmas present for his dad. And he didn't get away with it. And his dad didn't get a chainsaw. (laughs) Around this time, Anchorage was poppin like pa pin i cannot stress this enough emphasis on the pa yeah so there was a like a they were putting in a bunch of like oil shit I, I, I didn't find much importance out of this so i didn't write it down so i'm just talking off the top of my head but so there was an influx of men there working Oh, for like the oil industry. Oil industry things mm-hmm. and other Alaskan-y things. I don't know. Alaskan things. Who knows? Killing bears. What do you guys do there? Um, so... I can see Russia from my <laughs> house. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so there was an influx of working men, an influx of money, and yeah. that brought a lot of sex workers... From the lower 48, a lot of young women were promised lots and lots of money and lots and lots of opportunity, you know? I mean, shit, if you're getting a, a lot of money compared to what you were getting in the lower 48, like a lot of women were just like, sure. Right. I mean, I can't say I blame them. Yeah. Get it, girl. So there were a handful of strip clubs. The club had great names. Are you ready for these names? Yes. Hit me with them. (laughs) Wild Cherry. oh, Arctic Box. The Booby Trap. That one's my favorite. And the Great Alaskan Bush Company. Oh, there's one of those here. They're still open today. They're just in a different location. Here. There's literally one here in Phoenix. It's called it's on like Grand Avenue. You see it. Like I remember seeing it growing up. It's still there, the Alaskan Bush Company. Huh. Do you do you think that they all have to have bushes to work there? I don't know, but I kind of want to go just to say that I've been to the Alaskan Bush Company. Yeah, girl. Do it. What one would you work at? If you were a sex worker? The booby right? trap, 100%. See, I don't I don't have the the great boobs for that. Oh, I definitely don't, but like My boobs can be a trap. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I feel like I would probably go to the Arctic Fox. That's a hair product. Yeah. So the sex industry as a whole was just so crazy at the time. There was even, there was like peep shows. There was all these strip clubs. There was like little street vendors maybe like selling child porn on the street oh my god like the sex industry on every spectrum was just there and and very apparent and and not hidden all of the clubs He Robert was always going to the clubs and that's where he found all his victims and he I don't think he just went to one club I think he went to all of them and just cherry picked what ones he wanted to hang out with he would offer women 300 bucks or so. And so they would be willing to go with him. And they were, he would, some of them, he would be like, oh, just I'll pay 200 bucks for a sexy photo shoot or 300 bucks for, for like a handy or a blow job or whatever. So he would offer these women a lot of money for virtually nothing in comparison to what they were getting for these tasks sure. on the regular right right also these women felt super comfortable with him he was nerdy they they even like described him like as the perfect dork he had glasses he was like a smaller in stature he had a stutter he not somebody to necessarily feel threatened by yeah he was a baker he he's a family man like it was a small town people knew um so they weren't intimidated And I do want to highlight, he did rape a lot of women. He was a serial rapist and most weren't reported. And if they were, they weren't taken seriously. And then the the ones didn't, after them, didn't want to report it. And I get it. It It's such a hot topic now, whether you are a sex worker or not, reporting rape and being taken seriously is not guaranteed you will be on question before your rapist will be on question so these sex workers did not report it a lot of times and the ones it seems like people love especially like these police officers and people in general not even just police officers love to question the validity of women's stories before they will ever consider mm-hmm. somebody doing something to somebody else yeah, like it's disgusting. it's disgusting so gross mm-hmm. um and especially with sex workers like you can't rape oh my a God. prostitute. you know you can't rape a whore what guess what you can rape anyone your wife your spouse you a sex worker like everyone has the ability to say no at any time anyway i'm gonna get off my high horse we could go on and on about that <laughs> so A lot of them didn't report it, especially after the ones that did. You know, they saw the teacher. They saw these other people who nothing happened. Even on the crimes that were reported and he was identified, the police were his friends. Like we talked about before, they saw that he was a family man and his word was always more weighted than any of the women. Well, and I I am sure that it doesn't help that people, these women are coming from out of town. So not only do they have the fact that they're not or that they're sex workers working against them. It's the fact that they're not even from there. Yeah, that's that's I mean, not that it makes it okay, but it definitely doesn't help the situation. It is definitely all things going against them. So in January 1982, he bought a small plane. It was a two seater little bush plane despite not having or ever getting a pilot's license. I do want to say that. Also, the way he got this plane, like, this man was a bad man on, like, all levels. He even, like, in- committed insurance fraud to get his plane. It- it's just all kinds of crimes Excuse he was me? into. Yeah. So he committed insurance b- fraud and bought a little plane. And like we talked about before, Darla stuck by him through all this. She even brought the children to jail to visit him when he was in jail for stealing a chainsaw, for kidnapping, for whatever it may be. Okay, the chainsaw, one thing. Kidnapping? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hell no. Hell no. Yeah. So, so in a later interview with Darla, it was brought up that Darla didn't know what was going on. She knew that he stole things. She knew that he had issues. And she maybe thought that he was seeing prostitutes here and there. But she was really religious. And she thought she could help him and save him. And she, in her Christian lifestyle. Gross. Did I say that all mockingly? I'm sorry, guys. Christian. <laughs> i hope no one at my work ever listens to this darla thought that she could help him and she was like everyone is a sinner we all need to be forgiven for our sins blah blah she thought she could help him and she tried and robert would always say he'd go to church with her and then he would for a little while and then he'd stop he was playing her too oh yeah So I think she did kind of catch on though. So although she stood by him, it seems like they had some major differences and she didn't necessarily say this in the interview, but they had that religion difference and she started to travel a lot with the children, leaving Robert behind. And they, they just seemed to have a lot of different life things. She would travel and visit family with the kids and, and he didn't want to go. And, That's gross. She actually got a job tutoring disabled children. So she had her own money source and income. And she paid for everything with the kids. She paid for all the kids' things. And a lot of the household expenses. So their money was separate. It seemed like a lot of their lives were separate. Were they even married? Yeah, I I guess. She would take kids on, like, summer-long vacations to see her family in Arkansas and stuff. And I don't think Robert even went there to, like, see his family. Like, if I am away from my husband and he has the ability to come visit me, he's going to come visit me. Right. So. And he's just, like, chilling back at home, working at the bakery. Murdering people. Come to find out. Yeah. Well, Right. I mean, he's busy. Yeah. So... They just seem to have a lot of differences, we'll say. She did claim that she did not know, but mm, who knows? Let's move into the investigation. I'm doing this one a little differently because how he was caught was odd. So there's a few movies made about it too. If you've seen the movies, you kind of know. What movies? The Frozen Ground. Frozen Ground and Naked Fear. Yeah, Naked Fear. I didn't, uh... I I've, I've never seen, seen either one. of these. The Frozen Grounds on Hulu, I think. Hulu or Netflix? Is it? Mm-hmm. It's so right. It. Um. Anyway, so we're going to move into the investigation. On June 13th, 1983, one of his victims, Cindy Paulson, was a seven. She was 17 at the time. She actually escaped from Hanson when he was trying to load her into his plane. She told police that a man offered him offered her. $200 for oral sex. When she got in the car, he pulled a gun and drove to his house. She was held captive by the man and tortured and raped for days. Prior to her escape, he did his usual, which was torture, rape, chain her. He chained her neck and her hands in the basement to a post in their, the family home. Jesus. And after, after he would often sleep down there on the couch. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah, he would sleep on the couch. And this was a normal thing. He would keep them there and rape for days. After he woke up one day, he made her get in the car. And they drove to a nearby airport and let her know in the midst of preparing the plane they were going to his cabin. So he she was still in the car chained. And he was like preparing the plane, walking back and forth, like talking to her or whatever, and saying, We're just gonna go to my cabin. She knew if she didn't get out, she she wasn't gonna make it out alive. She waited and watched him. As he was getting things ready and loading the stuff into the cockpit, she knew this was the only time that she could escape. So as soon as she, he turned away. She crawled out of the back seat of the car, left through the driver's side door, and ran. She just ran as fast wow. as she could and as far as she could. And in panic, Hanson chased her, but she managed to flag down a truck, like a passing by truck. Um, and apparently, someone from the airport, Hanson saw Hanson or whatever running, and he was like, "I don't want to alarm anyone," so he like stopped and like went back to right the plane so in a panic i'm sorry the driver of the truck said that he was shocked by her appearance and stopped to pick her up because he knew something wasn't right she you could tell she was beaten you could tell she was chained you know and she was hysterical the truck driver brought her to motel i'm assuming you know i think it was called like the mush in or something oh my god <laughs> <laughs> where she asked to use the phone. The driver continued on, but he contacted the police. So he left her at the motel. but He did contact the police and say that there was a barefoot woman that he picked up and she was handcuffed. And this is where we left her. He just left her? Well, yeah, she was didn't want to be near anyone. So she was talking to like the person at the desk. The, the clerk. Are they... I was going to call him a concierge, but I don't know if that's what it's called. At a motel. I don't don't know. I'm going (laughs) to say a clerk. Sure. A hotel clerk. So the police went there to the hotel where the driver had left her, but the hotel lobby clerk, lobby clerk, that's what I wrote it down. Thank, Thank you, Amanda. Let the police know that she had taken a cab to a different motel where the woman's boyfriend... I use that word loosely. It, the Her boyfriend pimp. Boyfriend. Oh, no. Where her boyfriend was. The police met her there at the motel and took her into the headquarters. When she was at the police station, she let them know that she purposefully left her shoes in the car as evidence. So she left her blue shoes in the backseat of the car. And she described... Where ever everything she described where she left him, she described Hanson. She described his house. When they questioned Hanson, he denied everything. Of course, he did. She he said that Cindy was trying to cause trouble because he refused to pay her for sex acts, and she um, was trying to extort him. Oh my god! Like yes, her and all the other women that right every done this other with? woman. If you're hiring a sex worker to do sex work, pay them. Pay them for their work. It's work. Despite his troubled past, he wasn't considered a legit suspect because he seemed like a normal guy. And he had an alibi from a friend named John. The case went cold and there was no other suspect. Fuck you, John. Seriously. Uh, Apparently this was a common thing for friends and family friends and stuff. They were like, he's... He's a good person. He's a family friend. We're close with him. Like he couldn't have done it. So like I'm just gonna provide him with a with an alibi. Which PSA: Do not do that. Do not no, provide an alibi no. an alibi unless you are a legit alibi. And even then, questionable. Even then, don't do it. <laughs> even then, mm. <laughs> don't um, anybody. So bodies in the same general area started popping up. Remember, this is Alaska, so. They weren't super close, but close enough that they raised some suspicions. There was a detective named Glenn Floth. Sure. I'm just going to call him Detective Glenn. So he, he, Detective Glenn was an Alaska State Trooper. And he was investigating three bodies that had striking similarities. But no one was kind of taking it seriously. And so the detective contacted someone at the FBI and requested help with a criminal profile based on the bodies that they had. Get this, get this. I know the profiler thought the killer would have would, I'm sorry. The killer would be an experienced hunter, have low self-esteem or self-esteem issues, especially with women. They would keep trophies from their victims and they might stutter. That's such a... That's very oddly specific things. This cut here looks like he stutters. <laughs> the way he uh, shot him. Looks like he stutters. I would guess that he stutters. He probably has acne scars too. That's so He good. might even be a baker. Who knows? There's a lot of yeast. <laughs> I just don't uh... <laughs> The only thing this person ate before they died was cupcakes and bread. Me, me, <laughs> so, yeah. my body, it would be full of those, those sugar cookies with that thick ass frosting, yes. Yeah. Oh, the Toll House ones. Oh, love them. So, with this profile, Detective Glenn looked into potential suspects, and guess who it led him to? Wow, Wonderful. yeah, Robert, and fittingly. He had a plane to get to all the places that all these bodies were found. With the help of Cindy, the victim that got away in the profile, the FBI, I'm sorry, the profile from the FBI, they were actually able to get a warrant that included the plane, his cars and the home. I am curious why they didn't include his business. I mean, I would have tried. I don't know if they tried or not, but um, I did. I did come up in my head is that unless they were like, What's that? A bakery? I mean, my bitch ass would want to see everything. Anything and everything. These police don't want to see shit. They had it right in front of them, so let's be real about that. Yep. On October 27th, 1983, investigators found the trophies Robert took from some of his victims and from some missing women. They also found guns hidden in the attic, like, separate from, like, where his other guns were. They found an aviation map marked with X's marked throughout. It was hidden behind his headboard. Many of the m- marks actually matched sites where bodies had already been found. And then, obviously, they were assuming that more bodies were where the other X's were. Right. During an interview... <laughs> Robter. <laughs> All right. During an interview, Robert, or Robter, whatever you want Rob-ter. to call him. <laughs> raptor during an interview robert confront was confronted with this information, and he denied it at first. It was like, nah man not me i don't I don't know why those ex'es are there couldn't be me so but eventually, when he was confronted in an interview, he was denied, and eventually after I think that they were, like, harassing him and, like, trying to trigger him. He eventually blamed the women and said that, like, they made me do it. That, like, he was justifying himself and saying, like, they were less than human beings. They were sex workers. They were this. They were that. And this is why I had to do it. You are never less than. That is so gross. Period. He confessed to each item of evidence as it was shown to him slowly. Slowly um he said that the the attack started in 1971 his early victims were girls and women ages from 19 i'm sorry 16 to 19 and not sex workers he raped them and let them go so he did not start off by killing them he confessed to raping and assaulting over 30 women and girls because i just want to highlight that everywhere i read that they were underage women they were girls they're children girls. Let's refer to them properly. Anytime you read or see or want to say they are underage women, no. No, they're children. I I wish that underage women would go away. Like, that term is so gross. Like, they're Disgusting. It is normalizing pedophilia, and we need to stop. I agree. Anyway. He confessed to raping at least 30 of them and then murdering at least 17. Let's talk about the victims now. I do want to highlight before we go into them, he was a serial rapist as well. Like we had already talked about, we have established this. But I won't be naming his rape victims. Nonetheless, they are victims. But I will only be naming the women that were murdered. I don't want to take that away from the other victims, though. So I'm just going to kind of go off on chronological order. Um, it, a lot of them are estimated, too. So sure so Megan Emrick was 17 she went missing on July 4th 1973 her body was never found so like so their bodies were never found and he admitted to taking these specific people so yes and no so the thing with this is there was not a lot about their victims so he had confessed to 17 I believe there's about 17 on this list So there's two actually on here that he did not confess to, but there was X's where the bodies were found, but he said he did not kill them. Okay. There was lots of X's on on the map. Some of them he was like, "No, I don't know why there's a body there. Like that's not me," but it's looking like it's him. Okay. And there's some where he said he did this, or he suspected because they they found some jewelry that belonged to them. And he's saying, no, I didn't kill them or, you know, something along those lines. Also, I do, we will talk about it in here, but like, we have to remember that this is Alaska and there's lots and lots of wildlife and a oh, lot of sure. the bodies were, I don't know how to put this nicely eaten by wildlife. Wildlife, right. So, by wildlife. Um, but, so I think her, I, a few of them, I'm pretty sure she was, like, they found one of her trophies, like a trophy from her. Mm, okay, so they found various different things to, to tie him to these certain people. Okay, that makes sense. So, Mary Phil, 22, was missing on July 5th, 1975. Her body was never found. Jane Doe, also known as Accluta Annie, because she was found on Accluta Lake Road. Her age was unknown. There was a really wide range too. I think it was like 16 to like 29 or something. Oh, wow. Yeah. So missing unknown. She was found on July 21st, 1980. She was stabbed in the back and discovered in a very shallow grave. Her remains were partially eaten by animals. We know this was him because Robert, this is one of the ones that Robert did confess to According to him, he at- she attempted to escape and run, and he ran after her. And like a badass, she took out a knife from her purse and tried to attack him with it. But ultimately, he fought her for it and was able right. to overpower her. And this was the only victim, I believe, also that was stabbed. Another Jane Doe, a.k.a. Horseshoe Harriet. Unknown age, missing unknown found in April of 84. Roxanne Estlin, 24, missing June 28th, 1980, never found, but Robert did confess to killing her. Joanne Messina, 24, missing early July, 1980, found late July, 1980. Body was decomposed partially and found in a gravel pit. He claims he only killed her because she was propositioning him for sex for money. He said that he was just trying to bring her out on a nice date and she was He's married. <laughs> Take your wife out on a nice date on a nice. Are you? Ugh. He said that he was just trying to bring her out on a nice date and she was dropping casual hints of like, Ayo, want to see what this mouth do for I don't know. I I imagine it was probably more cash than that. Yeah. Um, so she was like dropping hints. So finally she was like, Ayo, I need to get paid. (laughs) Like, what do you want done? (laughs) So after she was more blunt and just not discreet at all, he that's when he decided that he needed to kill her. The only reason he killed her is because she was a sex worker. So actually a black bear started to eat her body When she was found, the black bear actually came back and chased the police officers off. Oh my god. I was not ready for that. I was not ready for that. You didn't even give me a fair warning for that. I was not ready. (laughs) So the black bear came back and chased them away and the the police couldn't do anything because the black bears are endangered. So they had to let I don't know if they like had to or if they didn't. They had to kind of like wait. Yeah. Essentially, yeah. I mean, I get it. It sucks, but yeah. Lisa Fattrell was 41. This was actually his oldest victim that I found. She went missing on September 6, 1980. And she was found May 9th, 1984. There was not much about her. Sherry Marlowe, 23, missing November 17th, 1981. Never found, but he did confess to killing her. This one is pretty graphic so she actually was blindfolded and it wasn't with like a blindfold it was with an ace bandage oddly enough like terrifying um robert put her in the back seat of his car but they actually got stuck when he was driving and sherry got out and tried to run away obviously she couldn't see anything because her face was covered and she was bound just robert said he stood there for a while and watched her run around and scream before he decided to shoot her in the back. Jesus. He took a gold arrowhead necklace and kept it, and this was actually one of the items that helped get him convicted. This was It was, like, super distinct. Andrea Fish-Altery was 22. She went missing December 2nd, 1981. She was never found, but Robert did confess to her uh, murder. Sue Luna was 23, missing May 26, 1982 was found April twenty-fourth, nineteen eighty-four. She was nude and forced to run around uh through the woods and Hansen hunted her. Jeez. And then he shot her to death. Like why don't you just get a like a hunting license and you know hunt mm, animals? He not hunts people. all things. Sadly. Um Holla Golding, 17 Went missing on April 25th, 1983. Found September 2nd, 1983. She was found in a shallow grave. She was shot in the back, but there was no bullet holes through her clothes. So they believe that she was actually nude when she was killed and then redressed. That's weird. That is really weird. It's almost like he has shame. And then Cindy Paulson. That's the one that we talked about earlier that escaped from him. Mm Mm-hmm. Cindy Paulson was actually 17 at the time. On June 13th, 1983. She's the only surviving victim that was meant to die. She was kidnapped, tortured, raped, but she did escape. Molly Larson, 28. It is unknown when she went missing, but she was found on April 24th, 1984. Delin Sugar Fry, age was unknown. She was found on august 20th 1985 found by a river one of um a lot of his victims were found near rivers and sandbars and stuff because it was very easy to land the plane Uh, oh wait okay so he would kill them and then like so he would put them on the plane alive and then he would let them go a lot of times and hunt them oh okay so a lot of them he would say like hey we're just going to my cabin like i have a cabin in the woods or whatever teresa watson age unknown uh missing date unknown but she was found april 26 1984 angela federn 24 missing unknown uh she was found april 26 1984 tammy peterson 20 missing unknown found april 29th 84 Beth Van Zenten, 17, missing date unknown. Hansen denied killing her, but it but she is suspected to be one of his victims. She was one of the exes on the map. Mm-hmm. But he where her body was found, but mm-hmm. he says, no, I didn't do it. Yep. The victims that he had ranged from age 16 to 41. There were other victims that got away and identified him, but police didn't do anything about it. So those were, right. that was when he was, I don't want to say just raping people, but that's when he was only raping people and right. then letting them go. He would torture them and make them weak so they wouldn't have much fight left in them. A lot of the time he would let them loose in the woods and hunt them like animals, sometimes chasing them for hours or as long as days. He even shot one of the victim's dogs that she had with him. No. With her. Amanda! Because. I was not ready! Because he didn't want the dog to lead the police to the victim. I'm not okay. I'm not okay. So, we, there is believed to be more victims, but sure. there were so many exes. Uh, the charges, Hansen was charged with assault, kidnapping, weapons charges, theft, and insurance fraud upon his initial arrest that got the search warrant. Mm -hmm. but after ballistics and his confession the ballistics confirmed that his gun one of his guns was actually the one that left casings at some of the crime scenes and he also had the the trophies that he took so he was charged with homicide and he actually entered a plea he pled guilty to four counts of homicide in there was conditions though he would plead guilty to the four counts and he would provide details about other women. But his conditions were he would go to federal prison only. He would have no publicity because he wanted to protect his family, you know, the hero grave family the family man that, that he is. didn't give too much shit. He was about to take some other woman out on the day right. while he was married. And he would have to be present and allowed to show the police the areas where he left the body to help find the remains. Second fucking sicko he showed them 17 graves and 12 of them were new to investigators and although he showed them the 17 graves there's still marks on the map that he denied belonged to victims hansen i mean was... it's possible that if they just plotted or he, he was planning on taking them there too maybe um hansen was sentenced to 461 years in prison plus life without the possibility of parole so the th- the other thing about when they he was going to the the grave sites it is reported that so like obviously he was shackled and everything and there was plenty of sure. there was a very large police presence however he was so excited that he was like hard to keep up with like he well that's what i'm saying like why would you allow him to get off again on these poor women and a lot of them their remains weren't there i think it was even just like reliving it just being there so his family actually attempted to stay in Alaska, but they ended up having to move because the children were so badly bullied. And Darley did file for divorce. They they ended up getting a divorce and they moved. I couldn't find anything about her. So he bounced around in like federal prisons here and there for a while. But in August, so August 21st, 2014, he Robert Hansen died at the age of 17, 17. <laughs> Dang, like, wow. Robert Hansen died at the age of 75 in a hospital in Anchorage, Alaska. He died due to like natural causes. There was lots and lots and lots of TV and movies and shows and stuff about him. Documentaries in the frozen ground that we talked about with um, Nicholas Cage and Vanessa Hudgens. And then naked fear. I didn't see this one. It was a little bit older, Um, and then he was also featured in a handful of documentaries and TV series. So, um, the thing about Robert is what I knew about him prior to doing this research is that I was under the impression that he literally just like hunted people from the beginning. And although I don't want to discount, that's what he did. And it was very disgusting. That was not what he ever initially intended to do um so right. it very, seems like it kind of fell into his lap almost yeah it like escalated and like it happened that one time and he was like oh i kind of like that this is nice so um that was one misconception i did have um prior yeah definitely i don't i don't think that i i knew that it kind of just like escalated to that point yeah for sure so yeah that's robert hansen boo robert hansen boo boo you yeah don't the yeah. worst don't be like him yeah cool thanks everyone thanks this is nice hanging out with you yeah happy august yeah it's our third sunday it's our third sunday that's so wild welcome to our third month of podcasting bye we hope you join us every monday for our weekly episode and as an added bonus we've deemed the first sunday of every month as serial killer sunday so you can look forward to an extra long episode about our favorite serial killers. once in a Go follow us on Facebook or Instagram at naptime investigations or Twitter at naptime underscore podcast. If you want us to cover one of your favorite cases, please send your case suggestions to naptime at gmail.com or via the case suggestion link in our Instagram bio. As always, we hope you enjoyed this episode and thanks for joining this party.